my job as your pastor is to equip the saints. It's my job. To equip the saints to do the work of the Lord. To gather us together, to rally us around. It's my job. I hope you're praying for me. <laughs> it's a pretty big job. I kind of look at I kind of look at it as this. You know, you, you go to college. My wife's in college. We see a lot of these coming through the house, and they're syllabuses, right? And the syllabuses is kind of like an outline of, of the class and what's going to happen and what they're going to learn and what their homework is and all this stuff. Those of you in college, you're like, oh, those syllabuses, you know? I, I kind of look at it as that. I, I, I feel like my job is to come in and say, okay, here is our syllabus. This is, this is what God is teaching us. This is what he wants for us. But it's your job to go and do the work. It's your job to say, I understand this principle, and I'm going to let it apply. I'm going to apply it in my life. See, what we learn here and what we do here isn't just for here. And what we learn here and what we do here isn't just to be taught here and, and left here, but it's for us to go home and take that syllabus and dig into it and say, God was really showing me something really cool here and dig into it. The Bible is this amazing thing, and, and, and I get the wonderful job to be a pastor and, and to get up and to teach. And so what does that mean? That means, um, you know, tomorrow night, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull out my Bible. I'm going to start looking at next week. Actually, I'm not, because Darian is speaking next week. So that's going to be good. You want to be here for that. But I, I'll pull my Bible out, and, and I'll look at it, and I'll start studying, and I'll start looking at verses, and I'll start going all over the place. And pretty soon, where I started looking right here, I end up way over here because God's shown me something along the path. And then I have to reel it back in, right, because I'm working on a message. So then I come back here, and God starts showing me some cool stuff, and, I, and pretty soon I'm way over here. And sometimes it's in tears. Sometimes it's out of joy. But my job is to equip the saints to do the work of the Lord. This Bible right here is so rich. I hope you're bringing your Bible. I hope you have your U version. I hope you're digging in it because it is so rich. It can guide you. And my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will guide you to learn what's in here because it's absolutely beautiful. Well, this week, open your Bibles up or turn your U version on to John chapter 10. We're going to look at 11 verses. John chapter 10, verses 1 through 11. This is the part we're in the series called I Am. And what that means is Jesus multiple times in the Bible said, I am, and then he put some, some action in there. Last week is I am the light of the world. This week is I am the good shepherd. And so we're going to look at that and see what Jesus actually meant when he was on the earth and said, I am the good shepherd. What, is he, what did he mean when he said that? And not only that, thousands of years ago, what, what did that mean? What does that mean for us today as we're sitting here right now? So the best thing to do is we're just going to jump in. Follow along. I'm reading in the NIV. I think I have the old NIV version. Uh, so, yeah, that's, I, I just, I'm too cheap to go buy a new Bible. So that's what we're doing, okay? The old NIV version. Uh, John chapter 10, verse 1 says this. <clears throat> I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. 
The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. I love that, by name. We're going to come back to that. By name, and leads them out. Verse 4. When he, has brought all, um, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away for him, uh, from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. In verse 6, Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. Verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We're going to look at these 11 verses and see how they apply to us today and see what God is trying to teach us in here today. So like I said, let's go right back to verse 3 when Jesus says, The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He He calls his own sheep by name. I want to look at those two words, underline that, and leads them out. By name. He is calling out to Israel And he is calling out to us to come in to the full. See, the message of that time, um, it wasn't just for the Jews. Jesus was saying, I'm teaching right now. And and most people think it's for the Jews, but it's for the Jews and the Gentiles. It's It's for people of my age, and it's also for the people of the year 2012. This message that I'm teaching, saying, I am the good shepherd, I'm going to call you by name. He's calling every single one of us. That's pretty neat. By name. The God that created everything is calling us by name. Now, I'm just going to hit highlights in here. And I would really encourage you to take these 11 verses and kind of study them on your own this next week. But I want to jump to verse 7. Because verse 7 just rocked me when I read verse 7. And and look at it. It says this. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All right, at this time, when Jesus is teaching this, being a shepherd is something you see shepherds quite often. There's a lot of people that are shepherds. How many of you know a, a shepherd personally? A real live sheep shepherd? Huh? Shannon does. Yeah. Not a lot. There's, there's not a lot around, right? But in this time, this was very common. People saw sheep shepherds often. And so when Jesus is saying, I am the shepherd, they're relating it to actual what they see every day. They're watching shepherds every day. And so when he says, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep, these people got it. What do they get? As a shepherd, their job was to go out. And oftentimes they built a sheep gate, they built a sheep pen, they they built a sheep fold, some of your versions may say. And the sheep pen 
was, was just like sometimes it would be trees, sometimes it would be bushes, but it was, it was a pen in middle of the wilderness, right? In middle of out in the field where they're out. And in this pen, the sheep could only get in through one way. There was a little tiny hole. And the sheep would go in, and that sheep pen would protect them. And so shepherds, it was very custom at that time, that shepherds would go um, to where that hole was, and they would straddle it. And the sheep had to come in through that, through the sheep gate. They had to go in through that. And so as the sheep came in, the shepherds would sit there, and they would look at the sheep as they came in, one at a time. They would inspect the sheep. Oftentimes, they had an oil pouch, and so if they saw that one of their sheep had, had cut himself or, or something, they would take oil out, and they would massage it into the wound, and they would very tediously care for their sheep. This was their livelihood. They loved these sheep. So as Jesus is saying, I am the gate for the sheep, Everyone knew that the shepherds would watch the sheep go and how much they cared for them. Jesus is saying that to us today. He's saying that to us. He said, I have a sheep pen. I have this. I've made this for you. There's safety in here. It's beautiful in here. You have to come through me, though. You can't just jump in the back. I won't know who you are. You've got to come in through me because I care for you. I'm watching you. I care for those wounds. I want to rub oil in those wounds. Do you hurt? Do you have pain? Have you been out there in the pastures getting beat up, being chased by wolves? Is your life insane? I love you. I love you. <laughs> I like verse 7. It's really good. Verse 8. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Underline this next part. He will come in and go out and find pasture. You enter through me, you're going to come in, go out, and you're going to find pasture. What happens at night when the sheep are resting? What happens? <coughs> Excuse me. They're resting, aren't they? Are they resting for the purpose of rest some more tomorrow? No. They're resting because they had a long day, right? They come in out of the pastures. They enter through Jesus. He cares for them. And they go in the safety of this sheep pen that Jesus is watching over. And they rest. And they sleep. And they recover. Why do they rest? They rest so they can fulfill tomorrow's purpose. They rest so tomorrow they can leave the sheep pen and they can go graze and they can go live life. I wonder what this paints for a picture for us as church. Even here tonight, this thing called Project Salt. We came in here. Is God renewing you? He's absolutely renewing me. That worship was, was incredible. He's renewing me. He's teaching me some beautiful things. But if he's renewing me for the purpose of tonight, it is uh, pretty dull. If I leave it here, I've missed it. 
He's renewing me. He said, come in. Come in. I want to care for you. I want to renew you. I want to heal you. I want to do all this stuff. But it's not only for here. It's for when you leave. It's for tomorrow. I have purpose for you. Our church, Project Salt, may we never be about coming in here and just being here and then going out and living seven days of our lives doing whatever we want. We come in and we find rest. We find comfort. We find healing. We find Jesus so we can take that out to the world. Man, that's good. Is this good? This is good stuff. Go to verse 11 because, again, I'm teaching. So I'm going to go to verse 11 because I really like it. it. Jesus says this. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. You got to believe that if my livelihood was the sheep I'm caring for, you got to believe that I am going to do everything that I can to protect those sheep. Because I know if my sheep get hurt, my family doesn't eat tomorrow. I know that my life is hurting because I haven't looked after my sheep. So when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and I lay down my life for his sheep, he literally means that. He's laid his life down for us. In this sheep pen, in this hut, is the presence of our shepherd. And when our shepherd is at that, that sheepfold and at that entrance, when he's there, number one, what is he doing? He's protecting us from the wolf. He's protecting us from the world that's going to come and try to slay us. He's there, and it is safe when we're in the presence of our shepherd. Because the wolf, he wants to kill us, and he wants to drag us off one by one. He wants nothing better than to come into our sheep pen and grab us and pull us out. You know what that says about church and about Project Salt? It means as Christians... We absolutely need to be bonding together. And we need to be bonding together in the presence of our shepherd. I'll give you an opportunity. Uh, in two weeks, we're starting on February 22nd, we're starting house churches. And they are going to be very good. What we're calling them is we're calling them foundations. And you're going to be able to come there at 6.30 at night, every Wednesday night. We're going to do this. And, and they're called foundations because you'll come and, and Darian is going to teach us uh, the foundations of our faith. He's going to teach us what, what is, I mean, what, what is this Bible? What's it about? What's Jesus? What's he about? And we're going to start growing um, and we're going to start learning more about that. So I encourage you in this sheep pen that God's asked us to be in as a body called Project Salt, let's band together, let's learn, let's grow, let's love. Because in and out of this thing, we get to love Greeley. And we get to protect Greeley. And we get to say, there's wolves out there, but you don't need to be destroyed by wolves. Your life may be full of pain and it doesn't need to be. Because we know the shepherd, and he's the good shepherd, and he wants to give you life. And he wants to protect you. I want to look at three things real quick. So open your Bible to Matthew, verses 9, or, or Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. There's three things I kind of want to gleam from Jesus as our shepherd. 
And you can write these down. I don't do it often, but here's our points, okay? We're going to have three points tonight. Point number one is this. Jesus has compassion on us. Write that down. Jesus has compassion on us. And we can see this very clearly in Matthew 9, verse 36. He says this. When he saw the crowds, when Jesus himself, okay, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So Jesus looked at these crowds and he said, I'm sorry, no one's leading you. And I wanted. He had compassion on them. Have you ever saw someone who needed help with something? needed some instruction, and you're, you're a professional in this area, or you've been there and you've done that, and so all you can do is go, uh, I want to help you. <laughs> you're about to have a hard time here. I, I can kind of relate it a little bit to rock climbing. Okay, rock climbing. It's something I've been doing with Zoe, because she absolutely loves to rock climb. So it's something I've been doing with her, and sometimes I'm watching people, and, and I'm new myself, but I've learned some, some basic principles in life in rock climbing. Okay, so I'm watching these new, new, new people do it, and I'm like, oh, you're wearing yourself out. Like, you're going to be done in two minutes. There's some simple things that you need to do, like, like put your hips into the wall, like put them closer, and, and, and don't try to muscle your way up. Like rely on your feet, and there's these basic principles in rock climbing that if you practice them, you're going to be way better at rock climbing. In fact, if, if I can't, big, strong Aaron, okay, if I can't figure out a route in rock climbing, you know what I do? And I'll be honest, I sit back and I wait for a girl to do it. Because they're not relying on their muscles, they're relying on their technique. And I go, oh, that's how it's done. I don't, you know, I don't have to he-man my way up. But even me, as little as I know about that, I look at rock climbing and I feel bad for them. I want to I help them. But Jesus, Jesus, in, the, in this verse in Matthew 9, 36, says he has compassion which goes way beyond just feeling bad for someone and wanting to help them or give them instruction. He has compassion for the people. And he says, they're like sheep without a shepherd. I am that shepherd, and I am going to give them peace, and I am going to give them direction. So Jesus, number one, he definitely, he has compassion for us. Number two, Jesus shepherds us. Yeah. Jesus shepherds us. It's kind of like a, a proverbial example. And, and he says this, I want to actually show you how to do this life. He came in human form, and he shepherded, shepherded, is that a word? He shepherded us. I'm going to leave that alone. And he says, this is how you live your life. Look at Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Give you a second to get there. Matthew, Mark, and Luke in the Bible. Luke chapter 15, and we're going to read verses 3 through 7. And I really want you to think about this. Jesus is shepherding us, okay? Chapter 15, verses 3 through 7. And, and it says this. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep 
and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully, joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Jesus saying, I am a shepherd. And in that time, they really knew what a shepherd was. Because the shepherd, he slept with the sheep. He lived with the sheep. Smelled like a sheep. He was given to the sheep. Man, can we grab that today? That that shepherd has given his life for those sheep? We're those sheep? And Jesus says, if one person comes to me, it's going to be a party. I am celebrating. I am absolutely celebrating. I know you by name. I love you. I've laid my life down for you. I want you. He doesn't say, I'm a shepherd, and I'm going to lord over you, and I'm going to intimidate you, and and I'm going to lead you um, without love. I'm going to lead you in fear, so you have to serve me. He doesn't say that. He says, I'm soft, and I'm gentle. For the people that know me, I'm soft, and I'm gentle. For the people that know me, my sheep know me as soft and gentle. And he also says, I'm stern and I'm direct to the people that don't know me. Because it's that much. I want to know who you are. I am the good shepherd. I've laid my life down for you. See, Western shepherds, we know this is our culture. We, we know they drive these herds of sheep. Are they called herds of sheep? I'll just say that. They drive these herds of sheep. That means they're in the back, right? And, and they have these sheep dogs, and, and they're like, yo, wee-haw. I don't know how to do it. But they, they're like, let's go. And they drive the sheep. I love the eastern shepherds because they have shepherds that are in the front, and they call out to the sheep and they say follow me follow me it's the ultimate disciple and mentor relationship it's Jesus walking ahead of us and saying sheep I know you I love you follow me sheep this is the way to live life this is what love means this is purpose This is how you get out of that sticky problem you found yourself in. Follow me. Follow me. So, number one, Jesus has compassion on us. Number two, Jesus shepherds us and shows us how to do this. And number three, Jesus charges us. Okay, let's go to 1 Peter. Toward the back of the book, 1 Peter. I'll eventually find it. I have to go really slow or else I skip over it. Okay, right after Hebrews. Okay, here we go. We're going to look at 1 Peter, verse 5. And this is Jesus' charge to every single one of us in this room. This is his charge. I would say challenge, but it's not a challenge. 
He's charging us. He's saying, hey, sheep, I know you. I love you. Here is your charge. 1 Peter 5. Let's start in verse 2. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Let's put a pause right here. This scripture specifically is talking about elders in the church, talking about pastors, and saying, this is your charge. I want you to do this. My question to you is this. Isn't this all of our charge? Don't we have the light of the world? Doesn't Jesus say, go to your workplaces, go to your schools, go tell your friends, go tell your families? All of us, this is our charge. Let's go to verse 3. Oh, where do we end? I don't know where we ended. Here, let's, let's go to verse 2 and just and keep reading. Okay, from verse 2. Be shepherds of God's flock that, that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusting to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd, when Jesus, the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. God will return. He's the chief shepherd. And if we have gone out and shown people the love of God, we will receive a crown of glory that will absolutely never fade away. Verse 5, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to the elder. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble and oppressed. Can we keep going? Is this okay? We're going to keep going. Verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, and he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I want to hit pause. How many of you are anxious right now? How many of you have anxiety, fears? What does it say? It says, cast it upon Jesus. He's the good shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. He cares for you. Who cares what the future of your finances looks like? God has that. Who cares what the future of your health looks like? God has that. Who cares what you're worrying about? It's probably not going to happen anyways. He's saying, cast your cares upon me. I am the good shepherd. I've laid my life down for you. Man, I better stop. I'm gonna, I would keep going. I'm going to stop. Do we get it today? Do we get it that if we go out into the field by ourselves as lone sheep, we will be picked off? Wolves will come. We will fall off cliffs. Something is not right. So Jesus has come along and said, I'm the good shepherd. I've laid my life down for you. I love you. Follow me. Follow me. I want us right now, we're going to turn to, this is one last Bible verse turning, okay? And this one is so important for us. Turn to Psalms 23. Some of you that know your Bible, you knew I was going to go there. I can't leave this alone. I've been 
thinking about this. I've been meditating on this. This chapter, we're going through it, and then we're going to do it, and it's going to mean some cool stuff to you. But I cannot leave this alone because this, tomorrow morning when you wake up, you're going to pull out your Bible, and you are going to read Psalms 23, and you will never see it the same again. Think about your life. And as we read this, think about Jesus an infinite God who's created everything that we know is speaking to you personally, and he's saying, human, finite human, <laughs> this is me, I'm God, and I love you personally. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want us to take a minute to soak that in. Just close your eyes. Just be in this moment. Soak this picture in of the good shepherd loving his sheep. lay by still waters in lush green fields. We have no fear for our shepherds calling out to us. I want you to think about this right now. Does he know your name? Has there ever been a moment in your life where you surrendered control and said, Jesus, I need you? I want you? If so, he knows your name. Are you part of his flock? Is 
Is he guiding your life? Are you following that good shepherd and listening for his voice? Or are you running off and doing whatever you want to do? Maybe some of us need to ask God to forgive us of that right now. We've been living our life on our terms. Doing our thing. Is he guiding your life? When was the last time you ran off and flirted with danger? Why? When was the last time you watched too too much on the internet? Why? When was the last time you went out and ran up your credit card because you couldn't trust in Jesus? He would be your provider. Why? When was the last time you took control? Why? And the ultimate question tonight for all of us in this room, are you part of his flock? Or are you on the outside looking in saying something's strange or something is compelling or something is beautiful about this and God, I want it. Like, I want you. If you're outside his flock and you're looking in, you're limping through life. And it's only a matter of time until the wolves take you out. Maybe you already feel like the wolves are attacking. They've already bit at your feet. Life is already confusing. It's already full of pain. It's already full of hurt. Well, can I tell you something? And the flock of Jesus Christ is joy, unspeakable joy and peace. Outside the flock, I don't know how you can do it. I want us to stay in this worship moment right now. And if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, never came to a moment when you said, Good shepherd, I need you. Jesus Christ, I need you. I can't do this life on my own anymore. If you've never done that, I ask you right now in this place to surrender to Jesus Christ. Say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for trying to do this life on my own, and I need you. And you know it. You know it if you're part of this flock because there's joy and it is awesome. And if you're not, it is pain and it is hurting. If you're outside the flock, we call out and we say, come, follow Jesus, the good shepherd. I want to ask us all to stand right now. We're going to go in a time of of worship. Worship is so much more than just singing words. It, It is involved. It's, a, it's our life. It's what we do. And so I'm going to ask you, during this time, 
This is between you and God. One, worship by singing. Absolutely. These words are truth. And, and Jesus says, I love it when my people sing out to me and worship me. So I, I ask you, do that. Sing out and worship to Jesus Christ. Around the room, we have three tables. We've changed it up a little bit. Um, and back on these tables, there's a couple different things. One, there's picture frames, and you can, you can kind of read about communion and what it is, and you can also read about offering and tithe and what that is, but those are two ways in which you can worship God tonight as well. You can go over and partake of the communion, and it's a beautiful, beautiful ritual where we remember what God has done for us. And you can also go back there and you can read about offering and tithe and what that is. And you can give joyfully to the Lord because he's asked us to. And it's part of our worship. You can pray. You can walk around. I'm not sure what it is for you, but I'm going to be back there. If you want to talk to someone or pray with someone or say, I want to become part of that flock, then please come and see me. Pray with somebody. And this is your moment with God. And I ask that you be very real and very honest with them. God, thank you. Thank you for loving us. God, thank you so much for being the good shepherd and guiding us through life. Please accept our worship tonight. It's in your name we pray. Amen.